true Christian fellowship is important to the vitality of each believer and is commanded in Scripture as the body of Christ gathers weekly. But what specifically does God's Word teach about how we build up one another in fellowship? This week, Dave Keck addresses this very question in his Walk Talk series entitled, The Nature of Christian Fellowship. Welcome to the Walk Talks podcast. So glad that you uh, are able to join with us. I'm really excited about the opportunity that I have over the next few days to talk with you about something that we have been studying in our church and something that I'm excited about and passionate about and I hope will be an encouragement to you. As we have been studying in our church an endeavor on our Wednesday nights together to be concerned about a few things that we want to accomplish and those three things are prayer, Bible study, and fellowship. <clears throat> and so we have been giving some special time talking about fellowship and what true Christian fellowship really is. And this has been taken from Acts chapter 2 and verse number 42, where it talks about that early church that had uh, just really begun to grow. And right after Peter's sermon, there was some 3,000 people that came to Christ. This is right after the Holy Spirit has come upon the body of Christ, and it is really just growing. And in Acts 2.42, it tells us that those people continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in breaking of bread and prayers. What is fellowship? I often would think about fellowship as being uh, people hanging out after a service at church. Large crowds of people would be standing around and talking and encouraging one another. And where I believe fellowship sometimes happens during those times, that is actually not fellowship. Sometimes people might assume that fellowship needs a potluck or a certain amount of food for people to hang out around and eat food together with, and then fellowship. But what is fellowship? Does it happen automatically? Is it just something that takes place when two people are together? Or is it intentional? What does this mean? This word fellowship actually points to obviously more than one person. You really would have to have somebody else with you in order to fellowship. I would like you to think of this word, though. When I say the word fellowship, think of partnership. Or maybe you can think of the word comrade or coworker or communication around something. But if you put all of those together and use this word participation, I think it helps paint a picture for us to understand that it obviously takes more than one person, but there is a joint effort taking place. It's participation around something. And I would like to encourage you as a church member, as a, as a participant in the body of Christ that God has placed you in, to engage intentionally in scriptural fellowship. And as you go to your church and engage in the work that's taking place there, I would encourage you to think more intentionally about this word fellowship. And what I'd like to do over the next few days is just to kind of round out that word fellowship with 
zeroing in on at least four or five ideas around this word fellowship. And I like to do that by using this word participation. And the very first one of those things that I believe fellowship is participation in or around is participation, number one, in our position. Participation in our position. What I mean by that is by the very place that we find ourselves in Christ. It is a participation around our position in the gospel. It's first and foremost. It is the common ground that we share in our standing. In other words, you cannot fellowship scripturally with a lost person. Well, you might assume that that is maybe understood already, but I think that if we have a misunderstood idea about this word, then it might lead us to believe that just hanging out with somebody could be called fellowship. But scriptural fellowship requires that the other individual is also born again. You see, fellowship is mutually exclusive to the body of Christ. It's mutually exclusive to the body of Christ. It's based upon something that you have in common with someone else. You're familiar with 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 14, where it says, What fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? And that verse points to fellowship and communion as this joint participation. And the statement is really a rhetorical question. What commonality or participation does righteousness have with unrighteousness? Or what participation does light have with darkness? And of course, the answer to that is none. They don't share any fellowship. They don't share any participation. Now, the emphasis of this study is not against developing relationships with lost people. Intentional evangelistic relationships are a far cry from close Christian fellowship. And I want us to mark a difference between those two things. And in 1 John chapter 1 and verse 7, John writes, If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And I think it's interesting that he uses the same word light that Paul had used back in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, where he asks, what communion has light with darkness? And if you know from John chapter 1 that Jesus is the light of the world, John the Baptist was sent to bear record of that, to bear witness of that. And that light shines in darkness. And if we walk in that sphere of light, we actually can share commonality and participation and fellowship with anyone else within that sphere of light. You see, it goes on to read in 1 John chapter 1 and verse 7 that the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. That is the nature of the people that share in that sphere of light. And that is that they are dwelling in the light. And that light has no fellowship with those that are in darkness. In Philemon chapter 1, verse 4, Paul writes, I thank my God, making mention of thee always in my prayer, hearing of thy love and faith. He's never met him at this point. But he says, thy love, of, thy love and thy faith, which you have toward the Lord Jesus Christ and toward all saints. He's heard of it. He's heard of the, of the love that this guy had. He says, verse 6, that the communication 
of your faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which, you, which is in you in Christ Jesus. In all words, that the fellowship, the communication of his faith would actually be contagious. And he had heard of this contagious faith, this um, large, loud faith that he had that was resulting in fellowship. And what's interesting to me is, though he had never met him, he had heard of this faith, and he had commonality with him. I don't know if you've ever been traveling into another city or another place, and you maybe meet someone, and you find out that they are born again. And immediately, you find a commonality with them that is warming to you, and you feel the fellowship that you might have with an individual that you've never met before. And that's because you are both in Christ. You see, fellowship is participation in your position, in Christ. Are you in Christ? In Ephesians chapter 1, Paul writes, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places, in Christ. Who is the us there? It is those that are in Christ. Verse 7 says, In whom we have redemption through his blood, forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. And chapter 2 continues and, and writes, And you hath he quickened, who were dead in your trespasses and sin. And in time past, you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. And were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he hath loved us, even when we were dead in sins, has quickened us together with Christ by grace, ye are saved, and has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. See, this is what makes us different than most of the people that you interact with on a daily basis in the world, you are alive and you are in Christ. True scriptural fellowship is born-again people enjoying the commonality and fellowship about our new position in Christ. And so what is fellowship? Well, number one, it is participation with other believers in our position. It is the, the very base level of fellowship. And Lord willing, over the next three days, we'll look at different aspects of what scriptural fellowship can be. But let it reverberate in our mind that this is a intentional participation and communication around the glorious position that we have in Christ. I hope this is an encouragement to you and that you endeavor to seek out those that are in Christ and encourage one another in your position. Thanks for being part of Walk Talks today by listening and subscribing to our podcast. Follow us on social media to get sneak peeks at future episodes and to share your favorites with others who would benefit as well. 
We hope your heart has been enriched by God's word to take your next step in following Christ.